0: Newsbreak podcast. 99.9% of voting districts have just completed their results. Very good afternoon to you. Welcome to Newsbreak Talk as we bring you um, the, I think a wrap we'd like to call it, but still so much coming through right now with regard to the elections uh, and we are just looking at the, uh, at the the preliminary results with 99.99% of uh, voting districts completed. It means the ANC right now sitting at 57.5% of the uh, of the vote. The Democratic Alliance on 22.77%, and the EFF coming in at 10.79%. IFP, they are just out the top three now. They're sitting with three per, about 3.3% of the vote. And Freedom Front Plus moves into the fifth space there. Your top five party, South Africa, with 99 point, um, 99% of the votes declared. So this has been Elections 2019, hasn't it? And I think... Um, I remind you that I just literally flew into the studio from the IEC nerve center in Pretoria where I was stationed the whole week and I'm right here now in our Durban studio and um, what, a what a whirlwind it has certainly been. Uh, I'd like to say thank you so much to coffee right now. Dr. Nalvi, your thoughts on that, the week you've had.
1: Hi, good afternoon. Um, So it's been really fascinating. We started off wondering, uh, you know, uh, who the sort of uh, top parties would be. The surprise for me has really been Freedom Front Plus. Uh, But I think that that is a reaction to the discourse that has been playing itself out over the Mm. last couple of months around land, because they were really uh, almost an insignificant party, if I can use that word. Um, The IFP has done quite well, Mm. so we can uh, obviously analyze the results, but I think that uh, over the week that has been interesting. Of course, all the toy toying you know, the smaller Mm. parties, they all got together in the last day or two uh, and uh, have been protesting. Uh, There was a group of I think 35 smaller parties and it became 27 Mm. and they've been protesting about uh, all of the irregularities as they call it. So at the actual nerve Center in Pretoria, a lot of activity has been happening. Uh, This double voting issue is something that's also quite interesting Um, as well as the um, so-called indelible ink that uh, wasn't so indelible after all. Um, Lots has happened and as uh, even many uh, analysts have commented, we find ourselves um, at a point in this election that perhaps we have not been at before because of the number of irregularities that have emerged mm. so really a very busy yeah. uh, active busy week
0: time. so that was the week of Dr. Lubna Nadvi of course she's been keeping you company this entire time analyzing and breaking down the results good to I'm so happy that I managed to, see, to, to get a chance to interview you during this time because of course we were on the opposite sides of South Africa for this election so yes Dr. Lubna Nadvi bringing us expert political analysis because Natal has just declared their results will take you there just now but I think what we're doing is we're bringing you a wrap of the week that was in terms of the elections and, um, you know, lots to dissect, so many different subsections and sub avenues about it. Um, I think, though, I want be, before we take it further and dissect it to its core there. Uh, Dr. Nadvi, before we talk about KZN results, as we bring you that uh, address that just took place, um, I want to know your thoughts on what we're seeing in the top three. Right. We've got an ANC for the first time ever in a general election. They are. Below 60 percent, um, the Democratic Alliance they dropped a few percent. I think about just about one and a half, is it? I think about two percent actually uh, that they've they've uh, dropped in their vote share, and the EFA have gone to double digits. Your thoughts mm. on the way the top three has done from a support perspective?
1: Well, I think that um, it was inevitable that the ANC was going to lose support given the sort of unhappiness that um, you know its traditional support base has uh, shown over the last couple of years. Um, so I'm not too surprised that it went below 60%. Uh, whether it was going to be closer to 50 or just above 55 I mean, we are now sitting at 57.50%. So um, that is something that I think most of us had anticipated. Mm. The DA has uh, improved in terms of um, uh, perhaps in some areas the 20.77 there was some discussion going on and um, you know, I'm not sure where it's at right now, that Musi Maimani should be held responsible for the DA results and whether, you know, he should remain party leader or not. But that's, of course, a discussion on the sidelines. Um, so I think that uh, they've held fairly steady um, at 20.77, but I know that they would have wanted to do better because I think they were hoping to get a much bigger share of the vote. The EFF, of course, on the whole, has um, improved considerably. Uh, at 10.7 it has really, uh, you know, shown that um, it's campaigning and it's discourse. I mean, the language that it has been speaking around uh, land issues and so on has really won its support. I would anticipate uh, that the bulk of its support has come from young, um, sort of maybe largely urban uh, voters. So I think that um, the EFF really has been the um, sort of uh, victor of the selections because it has gained the most overall and of course the Freedom Front plus which we can talk about. Absolutely, we'll
0: get to that and I also want to talk about what are some of the trends that led to this kind of showing for these parties and so many others. Good was a front runner as well that managed to, um, you know, make her her mark I think in in, in the selection and we'll talk about some provinces as well, we're talking about provinces it's time now to take you through to kwazulu Natal because we understand um, what came through right now is that the province there just declared uh, their results and the IEC kwazulu Natal has presented its preliminary results. Acting provincial IEC official Dr. Ntombi Futi Masinga um, read out the results and this is the way the uh, results stand at the stage.
2: I'm going to try and give the picture in terms of security that we are to handle as the cluster, uh, the police, with other security agencies together with uh, other government departments that we are working together with during this election period. Uh, I prepared just a short presentation which is going to depict the situation that we had in our province as we all know that we had a total number of 4,885 polling stations that were given the responsibility to police uh, as the South African Police Service. In all these polling stations, uh, we can confirm that they were all opened, although others might have opened late, but they eventually all of them opened. The total number of polling stations that we had incidents on uh, that were more concerned about the security cluster, we had a total of 104 of those voting stations where we had incidents, uh, which ranges from service delivery protests that were happening in and around the voting stations. And we had criminal cases that we, we, we opened in regard to that. Uh, in, some, in some of the polling stations, um, there's a number of, of incidents that happened that required uh, criminal cases to be opened. Uh, in total, we opened 40 criminal cases in relation to uh, the day of the election. Uh, We had uh, medical incidents also that uh, took place, about 18 of them. And uh, there's this this other conflict that we had to handle within uh, those polling stations. So what the rest of the total of personnel that we deployed uh, during these elections from the SAPS, we had 9,356 on the day of the election and the total number from other agencies that supported us which amounts to 51,058 personnel that we had on the ground. Uh, of the 40 cases that I spoke about where we, we had to register cases in relation to the election, uh, on the day uh, we, we had reported that the, we put out the breakdown in terms of the cases that we had. Uh, some of them, uh, there's new two ones that came this morning which was the counter counter cases against the cases that are registered. So if a person say, you did this to me, and I open the case against you, and the other one goes and counter that and open another case and say, but you're the one that did that to me. So issues such as uh, uh, assaults and and so forth, uh, they're also included on this list. That's why you see that the number then changed since this morning to 42 in total. Uh, We're indicating the status of those cases, uh, 14 of them, are uh, in court, and total cases that are still with a, a senior public protect, uh, prosecutor, there's two of them, and the cases that have been finalized is eight. Um, the seven of the eight uh, where there was, they were declined to prosecute are the cases that will be registered or reported by different uh, members of the community where they will allege that there will have a witness, someone removing a poster from the lamppost. Uh, and so forth and when we investigate we don't find any evidence and that person will not be able to give us an a, a proof as to who did that um, so as such then that uh, the case ordinarily would have been closed at the police station but our approach this time around was that we'll still present it to the prosecution team and the, the senior prosecutor will then decide whether to prosecute that case or not so obviously lack of evidence will require that case uh, uh, be withdrawn and uh, one of those cases uh, somebody was found guilty and the person was expected to pay fine of uh, two thousand rand or save two months in prison up to this morning that person had not yet paid the fine or uh, is still behind bars as we speak and this is the total number of persons that we arrested in the province during the election day and we've broken them down as 40 people and we've broken it down to different uh, um, status of all those that were arrested. Um, One of them was found guilty, as I said earlier, and 24 of them are still in custody, meaning they are still in police cells. Uh, Two of them were released as minors in terms of our laws in the country. Um, Those, I must say, are some of those that get excited and be part of the crowd that are, are taking to the street. As you know, the incident that happened to Tugela uh, um, district. Uh, there were minors that were also involved that were released to the custody of their parents. And one of them where the prosecution team felt that they can't prosecute, it was a minor who would have removed a poster from, from for, of a political party and took it home. So somebody registered a case on that which Correctly so, they're supposed to, but when we we conducted the investigation, we discovered it is a very young child Who simply just took the post and went and played with it And unfortunately uh, We couldn't prosecute further than that But those are some of the things that we had to deal with Unfortunately So four of them are out on bail And they still have to appear in court And there are four of them that has been released on warning And again, they still have to appear in court And they uh, the total number of them that also still have to come to court been reflected there
0: well, that was the IC presenting its preliminary uh, KwaZulu Natal results by acting provincial IC official Dr. Oh, sorry, that's Mr. Ntombifuti Masinga. Well, I think I just want to give you a bit of an indication as to what it's looking like right now with 100% of results captured. Uh, of course, ANC takes the province of KwaZulu Natal 54.2%, IFP. This was interesting. This was remarkable as a headline, you know, for journalists. And the IFP comes in second um, and they sitting at um, in the province i f p sits there at sixteen point three percent and you know i think great inroads they made by that party and I think they themselves were pretty confident and I'll remind you again of what the where the i f p sat you know, after the twenty fourteen general election in KwaZulu natal um they were number four hey they were ten they were about um tw- i think it was in 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 um the twenty fourteen general election the i f p managed ten point eight six percent of uh, the vote, and um, uh, yeah, that resulted in them, you know, not, not being particularly strong, and they've now gone to second place. So interesting one there. Um, but I think Dr. Nadvi, before we talk about any of this, uh, now that we know what the breakup is, um, let's take it to some of the issues that has bogged it. And it wasn't so much the numbers and the results and, and what we're doing here; it was the issue of the ink you know, stains on the IEC, one could go as far as saying. Your thoughts on that? Well, look, obviously,
1: at some voting stations, the uh, markers or pens that uh, were, uh, you know, distributed uh, to uh, ink voters' thumbs were clearly, uh, you know, not uh, what they should have been. So... Um, but what is interesting for me is that voters actually tried to um you know make the effort to actually rub the ink off and try and vote again, so that uh, you know is something interesting for me you know in past elections we haven 't really seen this kind of uh, activity by the electorate, so either these people were trying to um undermine the yeah. process. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, trying to test it to see yeah. if it's possible to even do that, and I had to question the whole thing. Like, why even bother if you're mm. voted? Um, why try and rub the ink off and yeah. then try and yeah. vote again? Dr. So, Nabi,
0: let's stop that because I see this is an actual live. There was a previous interview, but uh, speaking to Deputy Secretary General Jesse Duarte now, the IC in Pretoria is Msonele Mbereje. Let's listen to what the ANC has to say, taking into account that they have just declared results. The IC
3: that our research gave us an indication that we would be between 56 and 58% uh, of the national vote. And in every province where we are today is what our research gave us. And also, that research was based on going to the people very directly, using a cloud-based system to record what people were telling us on the ground, and then making calculations.
2: Thank you very much, TSG. There was the...
0: Yeah. So on the they're talking to uh, the Deputy Secretary General of the ANC, Jesse Duarte, there about ANC is showing. Yes, Doctor Navi, we were talking prior to that about um, the, the the irregularity. Um, what was interesting from a numbers perspective, because that's what we, you know, that, that that's where our focus and the narrative of the election shifts to. Now it's race for uh, seats, analysing the numbers, and and what many are saying. Um, and this is to not make an excuse for the IEC. Or to create a potential breeding ground for irregularities going forward, um, what May is saying is that you know the margin of how many allegations of double voting or irregular voting compared to the bigger picture is insignificant it would not alter the final Mm. result based on what is on the table what is at hand right now taking that into account it becomes a matter of principle versus you know the process and your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that
1: absolutely I mean the um, SAP's uh, you know officials also kind of came in on that debate to say that they'd arrested about 22 people and then it was 24. Uh, And really, if you look at the number of votes cast, um, if it was 24 so-called irregular something or the other, it wouldn't really have made a difference to the uh, overall outcome. But what it's saying about uh, where we are right now is that there are people who are trying to perhaps... um, Uh, you know, um, engage in these kinds of irregular activities, perhaps to make a point. And uh, we we really need to kind of think through whether any of this was necessary Mm. because it actually detracted us from... The sort of whole process of elections, you know, on the whole, I mean, my own voting experience was very positive, you know, went Mm. into the voting station very quick and came out uh, and it was straightforward. And my ink uh, is still on my thumb, as you can see. So on the whole, uh, I think most of the voting stations got it right where there were issues. Uh, whether it was double voting mm. or lack of ballot papers or maybe some voting stations didn't open or something when you're running such a major operation these logistical issues do happen yeah. but I think that we need to look at how to improve them and the IC has actually acknowledged that. Mm. Do we move to electronic ballots or voting uh, yeah. in the next round? Do we um, you know, improve our checks and balances? So I think the IC has acknowledged that there yeah. were some issues yeah. but that they're working on it.
0: The IC has I think uh, as of late, as of the next of of the past half hour has said that the um allegations and the assertions and i think the demands made by the smaller this group of smaller parties is um you know it's 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 um Unlawful. It's unnecessary. They will not be adhering to it. And right now, they say that the law makes no provision for preemptive legal action. So the I C being very tough there. And 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 um, you know, I, I spoke to a lot of observers on the I C uh, floor. there in Pretoria, the nerve centre. Um, and you know, many are saying we have no complaints mm. in terms of the process yeah absolutely. and i think when you've got a team in who is employed to do a certain job and if this is what they're telling you about the job then you know one has to actually understand what they're saying but then to the smaller parties and i and i attended that uh, it was uh you know <laughs> between you and me dr Nadvir, it was just my my coffee break i said okay i've got enough interviews now for the next broadcast i'm just gonna have a cup of coffee and then the protest starts and i had to leave and run right down and uh, so i attended that that Pro, that protest, you could call it that, and I think the um, some of the demands coming through from the smaller parties was criticised by a lot. Um, why didn't um, I get interviewed by so and so station? Why didn't anybody, um, you know, allow me to be in a certain space, etc.? <coughs> so the criticism uh, being levelled is that too many demands by the smaller parties.
1: Mm. I think that what's happening is that these parties that have entered the electoral process are basically realizing that they've invested a lot. You know, they've actually um, spent a lot of money on the registration fee and there's been a lot of sort of work that they've put in. And there's huge disappointment uh, in terms of the results for the amount of work that they put in. So perhaps the complaints and all of that, I mean, they're looking for ways to actually uh, kind of find excuses for their own performance, but I think they need to look harder at their own campaigning yeah. and whether they appeal to the voters. No, that is a, yeah. So I, so uh, all of these complaints really don't I, I don't think we can take it seriously mm. uh, in terms of the uh, broader picture, because yeah. I think the logistics that the IC had in place uh, were, was very w- well organized, if you look at it, mm. um, and uh, to be honest, 48 parties you know, um, that's a lot of parties and I think the smaller parties now have to understand that they need to, if they really want to be part of electoral politics they need to become more serious about how they campaign and uh, uh, you know, uh, draw voters to them.
0: Yeah, because if you look at it, and I think an example to cite there, in terms of a smaller party making great inroads would be um, you know a party like um good for example mm. a party that was that is currently 5 months old
1: mm. good i think has really um you know uh, shown itself to be uh, a very sort of disciplined party but look Patricia Dalil is someone who the voters know, mm-hmm. although she has uh, headed up a few parties in the past. So, you know, she has moved between uh, parties. But at the end of the day, she has a history which voters can identify with. And I think that uh, she campaigned quite strongly. And in the Western Cape, she's obviously done better because that's you know her uh, home base but uh yeah a party like good that's just come in quite new um has really performed well but largely Mm. uh, can be attributed to the leadership of the party other smaller parties like acm and atm um who had been hoping to do much uh, better uh, really you can't take acm very seriously uh, given who it's headed up by absolutely so um, yeah. at the end of the day, I think the smaller parties have to take a long, hard look at uh, mm. how they've campaigned and uh, what the outcome has been of that sure. process.
0: Well, just So, you know, the aggrieved parties demand an independent audit of election results. The IAC, there's no electoral provision for that to have an uh, independent external audit of the results. So they're standing very firm on that. OK, we'll go now to analyzing a lot of what happened with these numbers as it is race for seats now who's going to go to Parliament, who's going to go to National Assembly and Provincial Legislature, we'll dissect all of that now. It's your turn, though. We, our phone lines are still down. So you can text me. It's 71 We've got political expert Dr. Lubna Nadvi in studio today and she's analysing a lot of what we're seeing currently come through with 100% of results captured.
3: It's a jam-packed sporting weekend on sabc one this Saturday. Playing for the coach features Tabo Sinong at 1.30, the man that will lead Amagita at the under-20 FIFA World Cup Poland 2019 later this month. At 2 p.m., Soccer 411 leads the soccer discussion of BSL matches playing simultaneously as the APSA Premiership closes the curtain of the 2018-2019 season. Laduma brings you title contenders the London Pirates against top eight hopefuls Pulagwana City at 3 p.m. EFCs at 8 p.m. on SABC3 as Team Soldier Boy clashes with Team Lazar. Brought to you by SABC Sports. For the love of the game. The 27th season of the Premier League is coming to an end this Sunday. A season that will go into the history books of the beautiful game. As 2018-19 champions will only be known on the final day of the league race. It is going down to the wire for the two title contenders. The reigning champions Manchester City and Liverpool separated by just a point. Relegation survivors of Brighton FC will up their game with intentions to swell the champagne moment for the citizens in the Premier League match of the week. Finally, for and Albion. Provided they win, the consistent boys of Pep Guardiola are 90 minutes away from lifting their fourth Premier League
0: title. Everybody's going to go to Brighton to try to win and attack them and attack them and attack them to be champion.
3: Catch the Premier League action between the Seagulls and the Citizens this Sunday on SABC 3 live at 3.30pm. Brought to you by SABC Sports, for the love of the game.
0: So, yes, we are talking about the results. You can WhatsApp us. It's um, 071-613-7803. Race for seats now. And I think we'll just talk to you about what the initial breakdown is is, is showing us in terms of um, the KwaZulu-Natal Legislature has just declared. ANC likely to get about uh, 44 seats, IFP 14, the DA 11 and the EFF about 8 and that's what it's likely to look like there. Let's come to the IFP then based on that uh note um with regard to IFP in KZN, Dr. Nadvi. Um and I think it it's kind of, you know, it I dare I say it's a bit obvious as to why they did so well. Um of course with the NFP not having a great running, I mean, you know, they, they they've had a lot of um leadership squabbles one imagines. Uh Zanier Kamagwazam Sibi's unwell weren't able to contest 2016. That was such an administrative blunder on their part. And as a result, when they did start to campaign for 2014 nationals, um, they didn't really look so strong. So one assumes then that the great inroads they've previously made shifted back home to the IFP.
1: Mm. Well, you must remember that um, the IFP has uh, usually attracted uh, largely rural Um, you know, Zulu ethnic vote, if I can use that uh, term. But the IFP has also attempted to, um, you know, appeal to a larger voter base. So you would find that there are, for example, uh, voters from the Indian community who would support it um, and other, uh, you know, race groups as well. But, um, yeah, the sort of traditional voter base has been, uh, you know, largely uh, rural, um, and is, is sort of coming from the Zulu ethnic community, so in a in a sense, I think that's what um, and and those votes were probably going to the ANC previously, uh, pro- possibly because the party leader was uh, Jacob Zuma. So I think that these kinds of um, trends, you know, these sort of uh, um, ways in which voters uh, exercise their vote uh, is is important for us to observe but i think that at the end of the day uh, the nfp clearly not uh, being as strong as uh, uh, it it was when it sort of first contested uh, you know in, in national um and the fact that the, there's uh, a leadership gap at the moment meant that for a, a rural sort of um, population in in KZN, the IFP seems very attractive, and and they would probably have preferred to give uh, that party their their support.
0: Came a, a, a came really day. came at a really great time then, because um, what also one then understands is that um, it comes ahead of the you know elective conference that they're likely to have after the election, where IFP mm-hmm. leader Mongo mm-hmm. Buthelezi will no longer likely be the leader. Uh, having said that, then you know one's got to look at the timeliness of it.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, um, Mr. Boutalez had already said that he was not going to uh, stay on beyond, uh, uh, you know, a certain period. And his party appealed to him to at least remain for, for this uh, elections. Uh, so new leadership is uh, going to, uh, come in and possibly, you know, shift, uh, the playing field a l- little bit. It depends on who is elected, um, as the party leader. Uh, because what we do know about politics in South Africa is it's really the face of the party that very often determines the support that it gets. Um, so at the end of the day, that elective conference is going to be very important. And I think the IFP is, um, Certainly grown uh, as a party, and without a doubt, it um, continues to grow.
0: Could I understand there's more coming through from the floor there at the IC in uh, KZN? Let's go then to um, Tombi Futi Masinga.
3: As the electoral commission, the detectives units within the within the SAPS, because we need to make sure that they are ready to pro, to to investigate election-related matters, and therefore we have to understand the election framework. So there is a lot, a whole lot of categories of people that we train. Uh, we also train what we call the contingency members from the SAPS and the SANDF who are trained not to police elections, but to be ready to take over and and run voting stations themselves if it becomes necessary for us to do that in this province. And I hear a word here that kept saying they did. Where our staff felt vulnerable and threatened in our voting stations, those voting stations continue to function, and we really appreciate their assistance. In terms of creating an environment conducive to the elections, we have what we call the PLC, which is the. So, yes, information
0: Canada. coming through from all sides of the quarters of IEC as we build up to the official announcement being made. There, we're dissecting all of these results here with uh, political analyst Dr. Lubna Nadvi. I'll take you to WhatsApp very quickly and we'll come back to uh, the parties and we're looking at their gains made. Dr. Nadvi, I think a very interesting text coming through and I want to take, your, take some time and discuss this with you. Sabina Chetty says, Good day. Should we stop this many parties from registering? Do we have too many of those? I think we have about 10 to 15 parties. We can see a fair spread of votes. Thank you. Sabina, it's actually 48 on that national ballot. It's been called the longest one going into the election. The ISC actually on record admitted that they were concerned about logistical issues in terms of actually counting and capturing uh, for those 48 parties. Um, some say it's uh, showing a maturity of democracy 25 years later. Others have said that it was uh, showing a variety of choice for many South Africans lamenting the state of politics. Your thoughts, Dr. Navi? a question here. Are there too many parties?
1: I think that our political system um allows for you know uh, any number of parties to uh, contest so I think we need to perhaps look at um, revi- you know reviewing the electoral laws that exist, which uh, may uh, be necessary because I think that what happens is uh, the playing field then changes considerably. Some of these parties are simply looking uh, to get people into um, parliament, and so it's like a career option, uh, as opposed to seriously wanting to uh, do service delivery for the people if you want uh, to be a serious political party and in government uh you you know have to think seriously about uh, what it entails, so I think that um some of these parties threw their um, hat in the ring really for, you know, sort of career options and a range of other more selfish, if I can use that term, uh, you know, goals rather than really serving the people.
0: And that's a text that has just come through by Anonymous. These smaller parties were suffering from delusions of grandeur. Money promised to surprise people and get 60% of the vote. He's just about 56% of target. That's a bit mean. As As for President Claudi, inverted commas, There he had more party agents than votes. While many of the parties promised changing policies when they didn't even have a presence locally, the electorate were not fooled, and they were all looking for possibly one seat of the parks. And I think that also, you know, you know, one of the uh, interesting narratives that have come through or suggestions that have come through when we were uh, dissecting political killings was um, was the fact that many are saying that political killings was also killing people for employment. I want that job. I want to be branch manager. I want that seat in parliament. It's going to pay me. It's lucrative. Mm. So um, that a lot of these smaller parties are, are, um, you know, being so vociferous in their criticism of the election really suggests that they were, you know, really looking out to get something.
1: Mm. Ultimately, I mean, the political assassinations that we've been seeing in KZN um, are really, yes, speaking to the kind of political culture that has emerged, which is about... Uh, you know, removing uh, a person who seems to be an obstacle. Uh, We've lost so many really good young leaders in KZN, especially within the ANC, Mm. that we're really, um, you know, displaying the true characteristics of a leader. And they were taken out um, because you know they represented an obstacle for someone else who wanted to come in, and that is a problem because in this um, sort of culture that we're that seems to be evolving, we need to groom these mm. young uh, leaders, and you know we need to tell the other people who may see them as obstacles that actually you need to work hard to also find your place within the system. Absolutely, but killing others who are really mm. a resource. Uh, and an asset to our political system is not the way to go. So I think it really speaks to the kind of political culture we have, the sort of mafia style of politics that has uh, been uh, unfolding in this country for Mm. quite some time. Patronage, yeah. Patronage, Mm. and Mm. certainly the kind of violence that has seeped Mm. into our system. Mm. Um, And uh, also you see that um, younger people are uh, more interested in sort of, you know, what they can get for themselves, which, I mean, perhaps at one level is understood but I think that we need a level of mentoring of younger people because um, their sort of you know, inclination for uh, violence, uh, which is something we need to be worried about, yeah. is, is quite scary. Yeah. So we need to train our younger people and, and mentor them in, yeah. in the kind of family values that we want uh, mm. to see. Yeah.
0: Text from Rajan Rajkumar from Cape Town. Hi, Taresh. Thank you to the Newsbreak team for all the hard work and long hours in keeping the listeners informed. The fourth industrial revolution on our doorstep. It's time for the IEC to go electronic. This will avoid disputes. And I think that was uh, an interesting point we were talking about there just now. Um, We've got Mr. Louis Palais saying... Okay. Just going to that text. Yes, hi, Taresh, Dr. Louis... uh, and Dr. Nadvi, uh, uh, thanks. This was a very, um, yeah. The IC did a very good job for the twenty-seven parties. It will cost a lot, but we'll have no grounds. It's a drop in the ocean. My point was Bergville by twelve p.m. and the polling station was not open. Could the IC bust the voters to Derry Smith or Harry Smith? Thanks. That's from Louis Pelé talking there about his experience. Uh, Selvin governor. On WhatsApp, and hi, Dr. Nadvi, although there are much controversies regarding the double votes, which voters are being convicted isn't so that it will not change the status of the winning parties? Shouldn't there be some criteria or qualifications that people must have before standing for elections? Interesting point then about um, Dr. Nadvi, your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: no, I think that, um, you know, before people actually uh, stand for elections, they must um, have some qualifications yeah. um, they don't necessarily have to have a doctorate in politics, mm. but certainly you know have some experience and have an understanding of the political system, as I just said, many people wanted to get into um Parliament really as a kind of career choice, and uh, being sort of a politician um it really has to be about servant uh, leadership, as we mm. call it, you know serving the people because ultimately in order to truly um serve the electorate you have to understand what your role is you've got to lead by example Um, becoming a politician just as a career option and to gain the perks and so on really isn't what the electorate is looking for so people need to understand this and this is what I also was referring to about our political culture that uh, this is not about um, uh, perks and benefits and so on this is a very serious, um, yeah. you know, space yeah. and yeah. it's important to understand. Sure.
0: That. We're spending some time on your WhatsApps before we dissect the results a little bit more. I think at this stage now with 100% declared, Dr. Nadhi, we can talk about voter turnout. It's been a major thorn in the side of many talking about, you know, increased political apathy and the impact that, that uh, a, a higher voter turnout would have had on the results. That's always something to consider at this stage. Um, a text here from Kogi Governor. I totally agree with Sab- Sabina. Why not join the bigger groups and work together as a rainbow nation? and not for their personal vendetta. That's a text there from Kogi Governor. um Just going through more um, texts that coming that have come through. Yes, this is from Nelisha. Um, hi, I'm Nelisha from Tongat and a DA member. I'm not a political person, but my view in all of this is that the DA should be given a seat because my personal experience of the DA, I know that the councillors have done for me. Uh, yeah, they got a couple and I think they're going to you know, given an opportunity at leadership level now to um to continue their work. So, yeah, you can be rest assured of that as the numbers indicate that they are. So, yes, th- those are the um, messages that have come through and we are talking about it. Let's talk about vot- voter turnout, Dr. Nadvi. And I think let's, you know, a lot of the times, you know, when we, when we do analysis, we almost – run away with it and it gets so interesting but help very briefly everybody at home right now to understand you know what is a voter turnout and why is it so significant when looking at the overall election results
1: well basically you know voters register uh, to vote so you have a pool of voters and you want all of those that have registered to um, come out and vote uh in this elections, we've seen that there has been a uh, a certain number of people that did register to vote, but only a percentage of that uh actually came out to vote now, what is that saying it's saying that either they uh were not um passionate enough or interested enough to go to the voting uh, station to cast their vote uh, there's also been some commentary about the fact that younger voters uh, have not come out mm. uh, in their numbers or fewer have registered so if the voter turnout is 65 uh, plus minus percent mm. um, then it's saying something that um, it was only that um, sort of uh, percentage of the registered Voting population that actually came out to vote Um, It may reflect apathy. It may reflect uh, this notion that uh, People really couldn't be bothered because perhaps something more um, You know uh, something else was sort of uh, more important to them. Um, I think we need to see this as a uh, significant issue because it speaks to um, how as an electorate we're engaging issues a lot of politicians yeah. have
0: said let me stop you there I'm told to take this uh, bit of information coming through it's uh, Futi Masinga acting provincial IC official
3: shouldn't be more than two percent um, if it reaches two percent and above you are in trouble as a country so we are sitting at 1.7 percent on the national ballot in Guazulu Natal. And then voter turnout in terms of the provincial ballots, the case event ballots, um, we are at 3.6. The reason the national turnout is higher than on the provincial ballots is because we did have people who voted in KwaZulu natal who were voted through the Section 24A provision, who are not um, ordinarily registered in kwazulu natal who could only be given a national ballot, because if you are not registered in kwazulu natal you do not get the provincial ballot. So that explains the difference between the number of people who voted on the national ballot and those who voted on the provincial ballot. spoiled ballots on the provincial ballot um, is 56,000 now that's a seat and above <laughs> um, we do not know why those ballots were spoiled whether they are really spoiled ballots or they are deliberately spoiled ballots in this province but that's the figure that we have because we have to capture all that but on the provincial ballots the percentage of spoiled ballots was a little bit lower than on the national vote that's announced if you want to know who are these municipalities, in which municipalities did we experience voter turnout that was highest, that's the top 10 in kwazulu Natal. You've got your Umgeni municipality in Harding, Umsunduzi in Pitamarispec, Guaduguza in Stenga, Umshwadi in, in Wadbek, Etewini, which is Etewini, in Nkopo
0: yeah we're bringing you rolling coverage there of uh the um Natal results but we want to focus now on national as we wrap up to about 10 minutes of the broadcast to talk about some of the gains we've seen uh being made and dr nadvi i think uh interestingly enough there let's yeah let's shift to national as um we talk about it and 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 um you started off saying very interestingly that the um, freedom front plus was a bit of an interesting one, and you know your thoughts on 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 the on the suggestion that a lot of d a voters migrated through to the freedom front plus and what do you make of that
1: Well I think that um, it 's possibly the issue of um, not really uh, perhaps totally trusting the d a Uh, On certain issues. I mean, I think that um, there's obviously um, a certain sort of um, voter that is voting for the Freedom Front Plus, and they are um, sort of, you know, motivated by certain interests. Uh, Clearly, the land issue has played a huge role. Some people have argued that. the discourse and the sort of rhetoric that the EFF has put out about, uh, you know, land appropriation without compensation um, has kind of then uh, resulted in the Freedom Front uh, plus going out and actually uh, mobilizing to say, you know what, we have to uh, protect ourselves and protect our interests. So it's kind of like um, quite possibly, you know, the sort of very conservative white voter who has, uh, you know, gone out and and shown support for the Freedom Front Plus. But I don't want to simply make it about race. I think it is also about, you know, a a bigger picture of um, what uh, perhaps uh, voters are thinking regarding what the DA has now become. It was always considered a sort of safe uh, space for, uh, you know, the the white electorate, Uh, given its somewhat changing nature. It is uh, obviously um, seen as having perhaps moved away f- from that uh, or being, you know, uh, a, a, an evolving space. Um, and, of, co- of course, what, um, you know, Musi Maimani has been saying for a while about uh, trying to make the DA a home for all South Africans. So I think that uh, the Freedom Front Plus uh, is an interesting dynamic because it's speaking about... Um, what I think is about uh, people uh, protecting their uh, sort of assets. I'll stop you
0: again, Dr. Nadvi, because we have to go through to the IEC in KwaZulu-Natal. Which
3: is not true. And I kept saying, but which ones are those? I said, no voting station was banned in KwaZulu-Natal. So we didn't have as many uh, news as we expected. But we had our good times. I'm sure we're going to miss each other with the media. Uh, Mr. Mozari will come back and then you can have whatever amount of time you need with with the IEC because then I can focus on what I'm supposed to do then he can talk to you for as long as you want them to talk to
2: him.
3: <laughs> party leaders <laughs> <laughs> you stay here and don't go. Is that the correct one? The leading party first? Yeah. Leading party. yeah. Okay, they want to start with the leading party results. And I'm going to ask them to stay here. What we are displaying now is um, the leading party reports by sequence with the highest political party on top. And we're gonna keep scrolling down until you find your party. Can you scroll? Thank you. Can we all see at the back? Hey, Okay, we're just gonna scroll until we get to the bottom. Unfortunately, we can't fit this in in a slide. You know, we only concluded in the early hours of the morning, so we can't give you the interesting graphs that we would like to present with these results. Uh, get out of uh, Durban. We'll get back to them. Uh, of course, that
0: was the provincial acting. So I think what we'll do then, as we've got five minutes left on the broadcast, is just uh, Dr. Nadvi having dissected all of that from turnout to apathy to uh, lost votes, uh, all of that. Let's talk about um, you know the this issue of change and 25 years of democracy was basically the narrative that the elections found themselves in. Uh, Change is being seen. Your ANC is losing control of certain areas. Um, you know, of course, Western Cape that that remains, um, and and KwaZulu Natal as well, a major stronghold of theirs. Uh, let's let's shift very quickly to Gauteng and look at the way the ANC has performed there. Uh, 50.1% Democratic Alliance, very strong there on 27, plus the AF on 14. So, you know, it just seems as if, um, Various types of change coming through where you have uh, the ANC dropping in its numbers as well with the Democratic Alliance, EFF growing, a Freedom Front Plus coming through, IFB coming back. Um, And what I want to ask you in a very general term is that when the electorate tells us we want change, we want to change in our service delivery, we want to change in our circumstance, in the unemployment rate, um, it seems as if parties are voting, uh, sorry, electorate is voting a bit more... um, you know, consciously now?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, given the sort of inequality that exists in this country, um, it's clear that the electorate is absolutely fed up with – You know the status quo and so the drop in support for the ANC is reflective of that they feel that perhaps if they bring in other parties um, that uh, the situation with service delivery will improve but I think we also need to remember that the service delivery uh, issues are handled more through local government um, elections and um, so so this national and provincial is really uh, more about kind of the bigger picture um, and at the end of the day, um, of course, there is a link between sort of parliament and uh, what happens at provincial level and the sort of, you know, local metros and municipalities. Um, so ultimately, the issue about change is that the electorate is absolutely yep. tired. It uh, is looking for uh, new voices. Mm. Um, th- they talk about jobs. They talk about, uh, you know, uh, better sort of uh, prospects, um development opportunities, uh, you know, access to education, those kinds of um, types of things. So at the end of the day, you're seeing uh, people um, really expressing themselves in terms of their unhappiness. And they're saying that, look, we're willing to give other newer parties, in fact, even parties that have not Mm. um, served in government the opportunity because those that have been in government have really uh, let us down. So yeah. I think that that is what is coming through. Yeah. And if the electorate is saying we're willing to give untested parties a chance, it's, it's also saying something very strong that uh, we, we are taking a risk. But we're okay with taking that risk because uh, let's try this as yeah. opposed to what has been the case for such a long time. Yeah. And, um, it's important for us to look at, at yeah. that as the point moving
0: forward. Well, I think uh, much more I want to talk to you about in terms of you know the impact Cyril Ramaphosa has had on the ANC. A dip nonetheless, but would it have been lower um, with a different candidate or higher? That was something we wanted think, to focus I on.
1: I think he's coming in and in the last uh, almost year that he has put a lot of measures in place. For example, the commissions of inquiry. Uh, uh, interstate capture and all of the other sort of steps that he has taken have actually made a difference and I think that if he had not done all of that that the ANC would have got probably less than 50% uh, you know or closer to 50 so the fact that it's managed to hold on to just uh, over 55% is a reflection of the fact that people are willing to give him a chance and say okay he has tried to make some changes
0: EFF Double digits. They started off 2014, and interestingly, as you know, interestingly, as a dark horse kingmakers, then in in uh, sub- subsequently in 2016, and right now double digits.
1: Mm. It's the land issue which has really got them where they yeah. are, and of course, uh, their sort of use of uh, the social media. They're kind of appealing to the youth. Uh, they've branded themselves as this kind of you know young. Uh, sort of hip, if I can use that word, party that is understanding uh, youth concerns. So um, certainly I think the their branding is very strong. Yeah. And of course, the kind of rhetoric that the party leader, Julius Malema, puts out there uh, appeals to yeah. a certain yeah. uh, kind of voter.
0: Dr. Navi, very, uh two questions very quickly, if you can. I spoke to somebody on the floors of the ISC and they suggested that this could very well be a lesson to the Democratic Alliance that they could have reached their epitome now, their pinnacle.
1: Well, look, uh, only time will tell. But uh, they are trying to, uh, you know, appeal to the South African voter and sort of one South Africa for all, as their sort of logo says. And. Um, but uh, they need to do more in certain areas, for example, in the Western Cape, uh, the sort of uh, working class population is really suffering. Yeah. So if they don't actually deliver to that uh, you know, sector of their support base, they're going to certainly start losing uh, votes and not uh, growing uh, in the next few years. So, so they need to think about yeah. that. seriously. Well, I, w-
0: I want to talk to you about coalitions, but I think let the results settle and then we can talk about that in another uh, engagement, Dr. Navi, because I think it's going to be interesting to see how coalitions work out. I mean, the DA and the EFF, that wasn't a good marriage. And the ANC now with dwindling support, who are they going to be looking toward? It's an interesting time then to understand coalitions in that perspective. We'll leave the broadcast. there. Thank you, Dr. Nadvi, for the entire week, I'd say.
1: No, thank you very much. It's been really interesting and um, thank you for the opportunity to um, share my views on yeah,
0: this. we really appreciate those views. Well, we'll leave it there. It came away courtesy of the very hardworking team. Executive producer Salma Patel is leading the team here in Durban and Rachel Vadi. And we'll be talking to you again tomorrow between one and two o'clock. Maybe we won't be talking about politics. I'm just I'm just saying. So yes, all of that to come your way from me, Tadish. Hey, have an awesome day.
3: News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.